today on My First Concert. He got us down by the stage for the second half of the show, and I was just, like, in awe. You know, you're in L.A. with all the celebrities, and I'm just like, here's this punk kid, 19 years old, looking around going, this is about as cool as it gets. I, I don't know if I could do any better than this. So that was my first experience, um, rocking out the Springsteen and Florida in the USA tour in L.A. Ron Coomer is a friend to more people than he even knows. As a broadcaster for the Chicago Cubs, he talks to thousands of people on a daily and a nightly basis, especially embraced because he is a Chicago-raised kid. But Ronnie was also known well to baseball fans who watched him play as an American League All-Star right here with the Twins, also played with the Yankees, the Cubs, his hometown team, and the Dodgers, where he came up out of the minor leagues. He went on to be a TV analyst for the Twins Heading back to his hometown later where he still works for the Cubs when they came calling. Coom Dog has some baseball stories, what we're going to touch on, but some music ones as well today on my first concert. Dave Lee here along with producer Brandon Morton. And today's show is being brought to you by our friends at Propane.com, Aquarius Home Services, Star Bank, and by UCARE. Ron Coomer, great to have you with us today. Great to talk to you, Dave. Yeah, it's been, it's been too long. And um, you and I would run into each other all the time. We got, you know... Paul, Paul Twangy is a community friend, and we, you know, it would be a game, it would be a stadium, it would be a concert, it would be something um, that we would all run into each other, and uh, I miss seeing you and uh, talking, and uh, I miss the Twin Cities, that's for sure. Well, I'm looking forward to you on a road trip to Chicago this year, uh, uh, Coombs, but let me, the name of this con- this uh, podcast is My First Concert, so we're going to talk a little baseball today, but let me ask you, I know you have this great passion for music, what was your first concert? My first real concert. Now, in Chicago, you know, there's a lot of people that have their little garage bands. And as a kid, like a high school kid, everybody was trying. Not me. I would just go to listen. But everybody was trying to play something um, in our neighborhood. But um, my first real concert, I went away to college in California to Tap Junior College. We were a big USC feeder school for football and baseball. And one of my my favorite band of all time is, is, is Springsteen and his E Street Band. And they were on tour, finishing their tour for the Born in the USA show. And I saw the second to last show outside at the L.A. Coliseum. And I that was the first time I ever saw anything even remotely close to that, right? 96,000 people. Um, we were sitting so far away from the stage. You know, you had to watch it on the big video screens next to it, next to the to the stage. And, you know, one of my buddies who I was with, one of our one of my teammates, he knew a guy that was on SC's football team and working security. You know how, you know, us college guys trying to make a buck. He got us down by the stage for the second half of the show. And I was just like in awe. You know, you're in L.A. with all the celebrities. And I'm just like, here's this punk kid, 19 years old, looking around going, this is about as cool as it gets. I, I don't know if I could do any better than this. So that was my first experience, um, rocking out the Springsteen at Florida in the USA tour in L.A. Well, yeah, and he, I mean, he could not have been hotter in 70. He was the guy. Dave, he played four and a half hours that night. Wow. Four and a half hours. I, I was standing like in front of Clarence Clemens, a sax player, and I'm like, Clarence is going to fall over if you don't slip. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so since that time, uh, Ronnie, you have seen him many times, haven't you? Oh, a bunch. Yeah. 30. I don't know. You all over the country, you know, when I was playing at Dodge, when I was with the Dodgers, he played Dodger stadium. So I took our man, our current manager for the Cubs, who is a rookie, David Ross to that show. Um, that was, that was a great show. I, Paul Molitor and I have traveled around and seen Bruce, um, along with our golf clubs out West to play golf and see Bruce. Um, I've seen him at Madison Square Garden. I was also with, with Paula and uh, Paul Molitor. Paulie came in for it. I've um, seen him all over the country. He's St. Louis, Kansas City. Um, if he's on tour and I'm not playing or broadcasting, I try to get there and see his show. So uh, many, many concerts and many great experiences um, seeing Bruce and his band. And, you know, he's a great guy. I've got to meet him a few times. Just uh, an incredible, incredible show. Oh, wow. So you got a chance to get backstage and chat with him a little bit. Well, that was that was me riding the coattails of that guy, you know, with that HOF after his name, that Paul Molitor character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I picked the right friends. Paulie was nice enough to take me to a show in Minneapolis years ago um, on his acoustic tour. And uh, Bruce's manager invited us back to go see Bruce. And all I remember is going back there and my jaw just like, you know, you're, in, you know, kind of starstruck. And all Bruce had was a bottle of water and a, a big old handle of Jack Daniels. And he's like, would you like some? <laughs> We're like, oh, my gosh. We're drinking Bruce's Jack Daniels. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> that, at that concert, it really been awesome because I remember they cut off beer sales. I was there uh, in the cheap seats. And they cut off beer sales it's before the show started. So I, I think everybody was pretty thirsty after that yeah. one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and you mentioned Molly. I know he's a huge fan of. And in fact, uh, when Molly got Manager of the Year, and I, uh, I think uh, wasn't a theme song for the team Coombs. I think it was No Surrender. I think they used to play. Yeah, it oh, Oxford. absolutely. There's some great lyrics in the in the song No Surrender that for all us athletes, I've had it as a theme to baseball camps I've run. You know, No Retreat, No Surrender. You know, some of the lyrics that he has in that in that song just. Fit sports, fit business, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty good. Absolutely. Hey, Coom Dog, hang on. I'll take a break here, and then I want to ask you about uh, another a Chicago band that you've gotten to know quite well with some really cool stories. He is Ron Coomer, uh, a baseball broadcaster with the Cubs. Certainly you know him from the Twins, his playing days, an all-star, by the way, when he was here with the Twins. More with Coom Dog here in just a minute. Uh, our thanks to Aquarius Home Services for bringing you the show today. They're awesome. Jeff and his staff, I've known them for over two decades. We've been friends since he kind of started up the business, and it's it's unbelievable what they've done out there. But one of the things that happens at some point during the year, you might have questions about the water in your home. You might notice a little rust or hard water stains on your appliances, your dishes, your sinks, your toilets, a strong odor or smell on the water, a funny taste in the water. It happens, unfortunately. And if you have a cabin, maybe you've noticed it even more. If you want to learn more about what's in your water, uh, Jeff and all my friends at Aquarius Home Services offer a free, a free, a free water analysis. And their trusted water specialist will come over and visit your cabin or your home, test your water, and then they're going to provide you with quality Connecticut water treatment options. I've had this, as I said, for a long time. And it's pretty worry-free, i got to say. The Connecticut water treatment systems provide the world's most efficient water softener and the best reverse osmosis system in the industry. So when I say worry-free drinking water, they live up to their name. 
I would call Aquarius today. They do all sorts of home services, so find out more about them. But why wouldn't you do a free water analysis? And let's say just because you live in, uh, let's say you live in Minnetonka and your friends live in Wyzetta, the water's different. So check it out. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Talking with Ron Coomer, a former Major League All-Star. He's got that World Series ring. Gosh, Coomer, was it 2016 now, right? It was, Dave. Yeah, that was one of the highlights, you know, for, for us Cubs. We hadn't won 108 years, so um, we got a chance to uh, experience that in 16. And, you know, with Pat Hughes, who also broadcast for the Twins for a year in the 80s, Pat and I got to call uh, the World Series for the Cubs on radio. And, um, yeah, 2016 was pretty magical. Yeah, growing up as Cubs fans, too. Uh, I'm going to ask you more about that in a second. got to ask you about Pearl Jam, though. You got, you've got some stories regarding Eddie Vedder and the crew. Well, Eddie's a big, big Cub fan and a big baseball guy, right? I mean, he loves going to ball games. He's a really good baseball player. And I met Eddie. I was doing the Cubs. I used to do the Twins also, the, the fantasy camp. And Eddie, um, I get down there, and Randy Hunley's camp for the Cubs you know, Randy puts coaches, two guys together, and, you know, ex-players, and we'd coach the team. Well, my first year doing it, or second year doing it, I was paired with Keith Moreland, an ex-Cub right fielder, and our center fielder on our team, Eddie Vetter. So I got, you know, I'm like, hmm, okay. Um, well, I know he can run around because I see him on stage running like a crazy man. So I know he can run a little bit, but we, uh, he was our center fielder, and just the nicest human being on the planet, real kind of soft-spoken, very humble, very nice, extremely intelligent and extremely talented. Um, and about night number three of fantasy camp, we were all hanging out, might have been having a beverage or two, and maybe a cigar <laughs> might have been mixed in there, David, uh, at fantasy camp. And uh, he said, you know, we need some music around here. And we all just looked at him like, well, we're handling the baseball. You're on the music part, buddy. Uh, that's kind of your, your deal. And uh, the next day he shows up, right? We're at this fire pit at the hotel outside. And he goes, I got something for us. And, you know, we're all like, okay. So he runs back to his suite. He comes back out and he's got a guitar. He went to the Fender store um, here in Scottsdale, got a guitar and ended up giving lessons to kids that were in the store and then showed up at our dinner that night. He had a guitar and he played. Uh, all I re what I do remember about the end of the evening, I'll say this. It was about 3.30, maybe quarter to four. And there was a ball game the next morning for all the campers. But most of them, uh, it was mainly our ex-players, Eddie and a few guys, Chris Chelios. I called Paula at four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I had had a few drinks and I said, you're not going to believe what I just did tonight. And she's like, you know, I could just see her eyes roll in bed, right? <laughs> oh, God, what the hell did he do now? <laughs> and I said, I just listened to a private concert of Eddie Vedder playing guitar all night long and all of us singing. And I'm like, that was one of the coolest things ever. It was just really a neat experience. And we've been able to do that quite a few times because of Eddie showing up at camp or, you know, just being a friend now. And, um, what an experience. And his shows with Pearl Jam are, are similar to Bruce's with the E Street Band. You know, he's big energy, great songs, great, great concert for fans to sing along. It's been a lot of fun with Eddie. 
Boy, I remember when Eddie uh, came here and uh, with Tom Petty, he opened up Pearl Jam, right. opened up for Tom Petty, and it was it may be one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Yeah, the energy and the and the the voice. Uh, you know, the one thing through the years, he doesn't like to sing when he's not actually on tour singing. You know, to protect his voice. But you know, there have been a couple nights where we, you know, the the, the vivations might have taken over a little bit, and uh, <laughs> we get him to sing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, he's he can put on some kind of show, man. He really can. Okay, when we come back, Ron, I want to talk about a trip uh, to Pittsburgh and Pearl Jam and all sorts of stuff. I know you know what I'm talking about, so I want to ask yes. you about that when we return here on my first concert. Dave Lee with you, Brandon Morton, our producer today, and our thanks to the folks over at propane for bringing this to you. Most people agree we need to lower our carbon footprint. We need to provide reliable and affordable energy, though, at the same time. So this diverse energy mix does provide reliability and affordability that I'm going to tell you about, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. And boy, we've seen them this year. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is actually available right now, today. Yeah, that's ready to work alongside other energy sources. It's called propane. Go to propane.com and read more. But this is interesting. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Propane is energy stored on site and independent from the vulnerabilities of the grid. And propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances being made today for renewable propane that's compatible with traditional propane, and it requires no additional infrastructure investments. It's pretty impressive. Minnesota needs to use all our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, so that will safely provide energy reliability, resiliency, and certainly affordability. All things we're concerned about at propane.com. So propane, it is the right energy. And right now would be the time. I'd find out more. Read about it. It's fascinating. And what propane can do for you at propane.com. Ron Coomer is with us, Cubs broadcaster. As we do this, he's getting ready for spring training in Arizona. And then uh, along the way, uh, he'll have the Cubs broadcast for the whole year. We know him, Minnesota fans, as a former Fox TV analyst, for many years before uh, Pat Hughes and the Cubs came calling. I remember that, Ron. I remember when you were going through that. They were calling you and saying, hey, you know, think about coming to work for us. And that was your hometown. And gosh, it, it turned out to be a pretty good move. Yeah, it, it, you know, it was a very tough decision. As you know, I was, you know, Paul and I were really entrenched in, in Minneapolis, you know, working for uh, Mr. Polad and, you know, with doing game, games with Fox, with working at Business Impact Group in, in Chanhassen and then doing, you know, doing the stuff with K-Twin, you know, and, and, you know, dipping my toe in the water and in the music world and trying to do a radio show and loving that too. Um, but baseball is who you are, who I am and what I am. And, you know, your hometown team, it's not very often you get to play for them or work for your hometown team. And I, I got that opportunity and uh, I, I took it and, you know, it was a very tough decision. You know, people like, like Dave St. Peter with the Twins and Mr. Paul, you, you couldn't be treated any better. So to leave there and think, wow, am I really going to do this? You know, it was a very tough decision. Um, but, uh, yeah, we did it and it has turned out pretty good. I, you know, I can't ask for anything more from the Cubs. And, you know, we've won also, which is you know, as you know, when you win a World Series, as you being around the Twins on CCO during their World Series times, um, how cool that is. So it's been really fun. 
All right, back with uh, our friend Ron Coomer and uh, Coombs. I want to ask you uh, about, before I get to another Pearl Jam story, though, you've got to tell us about a spring training trip with you and Molly and Steiny and, and uh, a limo and going to see Springsteen. Well, we, Bruce was on tour in the middle of all three of us playing for the Twins. And, you know, he, he, part of his tour was he was playing in Fort Lauderdale. Well, we were in Fort Myers. And, you know, I'm the young guy on the team kind of hanging out with the two veteran guys. And, but I'm a big Bruce fan, and so is Pauly. But Steiny, you know, eh, you know he, we'd play his music on the team plane, but Steiny was more of a country guy. But we talked Steiny into going with us. But, you know, we rent a limo, right, and we have it outside the ballpark to pick us up right after the workout. And we got a long ride to get to Fort Lauderdale. You know, so that whole day of the workout, you know, we're like, okay, we got to get going, got to get going. Let's end this workout. Let's, you know, there's important stuff to have to be done tonight. You know, we got to go to this show and uh, we get done with our workout. We tell nobody. The only people that know are the two clubhouse guys because they're filling up coolers and they got pizzas for us in the limo. That's the only people that know. And, uh, we get in a limo, boom, off we go. And there we go to the show. It's great. We have a blast. Um, you know, now you got a two, I don't know how long the ride is back, a two and a half hours or so to get back to uh, Fort Myers. We go home. The next day, you know, we all show up at our normal time. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. And who comes walking through? First thing, Polly and I and Steiny are one of the first ones in the clubhouse. And the glass is down at the tip of his nose, <laughs> half a cigar going. And TK is looking at the three of us like, I know what you did. And I'm like, how the hell does he know these things? With nobody on the team knew. He knew. And I'm like, damn. Now we got our, you know, we got to work out. And, you know, we're just like, this is brutal. So, so all of a sudden, now all of a sudden the team is going to, we're doing these base running drills. That wasn't even on the schedule the day before. Now we're running like dogs around the bases, right? <laughs> and we're dying. He, he grabs me and when we get done. We're taking ground balls. He goes, hey, you, you and them two buddies of yours, you guys are done for the day. Get out of here. But we were playing on the road in like, you know, camp or somewhere. We had a three-hour bus ride the next day. He goes, all three of you are on the, on the trip tomorrow and you're buying dinner for the team. And I'm like – that's it. We can go. <laughs> I I go sprinting out the center field where Steiny and Molly were shagging fly balls for batting practice. I go, when this group's done, we're out of here. And, you know, Paul gives me that look like, you're not getting me in trouble, you know? And I'm like, no, he just told me. He, he, we can go. DK said, but we're on the trip tomorrow. Paul, you're buying dinner for the team tomorrow. <laughs> he was making all the money he had to buy, yeah. But we had a great time. TK cut us loose. All I know is watching him walk out of his office, look at us with that half a cigar and the, the you know, the, the glasses down the tip of his nose looking over the top of him. And I'm thinking, these two guys are a lock for the team. I'm not. You know, I could be out of here in any moment. Salt Lake City, here I come. I don't know. <laughs> but it was great. And, he, yeah, the next day um, we were on the team bus, boy, happy as could be. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i never knew that and i was down at spring training every year all those years i never heard that story yeah. oh it's so funny 
Well, so uh, let's get back to Pearl Jam then. And this is another uh, road trip you you took during the season, wasn't it? Yeah, this I was I was coaching, so I mean I was broadcasting, so it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as big an issue. You know, I could sit there and broadcast the game. <laughs> But we, we were flying to Pittsburgh from the West Coast um, to start a series. Well, we were off on Monday, and Eddie played Saturday and Monday in Chicago. Well, as you know, when the, when the team is on the road, that's when the concerts happen at the stadiums. And that's what he was doing at Wrigley. Well, we were off on Monday. So um, our pitching coach, who, you know, we grew up in the same neighborhood in Chicago, Jim Hickey. Uh, longtime pitching coach, him and I get a plane from Pittsburgh and we fly back to Chicago uh, Monday and go to the show. Well, you know, that's great, but we had a day game on Tuesday. That was the problem. Eddie's show, halfway through, there's a two-hour rain delay. So we go across the street to our friend's fine establishment, Murphy's, right across the street in center field of Wrigley. And we all hang out there, and Eddie's got a massive contingent of people at the show. And we're all upstairs in this little two-bedroom apartment at Murphy's. And nobody, you know, he's got Murphy's, a few girls, you know, trying to serve drinks and things. Well, I just decided it was time for me to bartend. So I bartend in this little bitty bar that they've got, you know, like, like you'd have in your house. And... So Dennis Rodman, Chelios, there's a collage of people <laughs> at up up there. So this guy, I'm drinking, having a cocktail, but I'm bartending, and I say to go, what would you like? He goes, well, what do you have? This this guy who random guy had no idea who he was, and uh, I go, well, I'm having a Tito's. He goes, that's great. I'm like, kind of an odd comment, but I'm like, okay, would you like one? I, you know, I'm making them. <laughs> So I make him a, a Tito's and, and um, soda or something like that. And he goes, you don't know who I am, do, do you? I said, no, sir. I go, I'm Ron Coomer. I go, you know, I'm with Cubs across the street broadcast games. And, you know, he goes, well, I'm one of the owners of Tito's. <laughs> I went, okay, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> so I bartended for about an hour upstairs. I'm pouring drinks to the, one of the owners of Tito's. <laughs> and I get a text. We all get a text from Eddie saying, hey, the show's coming on in 20 minutes. You got to get out of Murphy's. And boom, off we go. <laughs> um, we made it back to Pittsburgh safe and sound. I got there. It's on the 6 a.m. flight. So back at the ballpark by 930 in the morning. We had a great time. But I was bartending at Murphy's in between the rain delay. Yeah. Uh, and serving the <laughs> owner of Tito's his own product. That was a new one for me. Oh, he had to to be beside him. He had to be thrilled with that. Oh, we we had a great, you know, you know what concerts are like, you know, concerts to me are like a shot of adrenaline. They always have been. I would much rather in the off season go to a concert than a game. You know, we get enough stadium time for ball games and, you know, all the games and things like that. But a concert has something unique about it, right? And there's an energy and there's, if it's done right by the by the band and the musician, and so to me that is just one of those things. I love going um, to see live music, um, and you know I've been fortunate to have some friends that you know do that and been able to go see some. Is, is there outside of Pearl Jam and Springsteen? Is there a concert that stands out for you? I'm not saying it's the best, but one of the ones that's more memorable. Yeah, I, I think 
because I didn't get to see them for years and years. I got to see the Rolling Stones. Um, that was really uh, one of those things that I wanted to do. Um, so I got to see them, and they, you know, they're up there in age, but you know, still great. Um, I saw Mellencamp at Target Center. Um, he was very good. Uh, you know, you know where I like to go. You know, one of my favorite times in Minneapolis is to see GB Layton, to see Brian play, yeah, to see good. him. You know, down on Washington Avenue. I forget. Is it Bunkers? Is that the name of the place? Yeah, Bunkers. Yep, for sure. Bunkers. You know, Brian used to play there. You know, for years, and you know. I, I, he he's a guy that has you know come over to the house and played and come to my place in Chicago and played, but I, I you know his show to me and I'm still doing it in Minneapolis, you know it doesn't have to be that you're you know Bruce Springsteen and E Street Band or Eddie and Pearl Jam, uh, Brian to me puts on as good a show and a great voice. I, I I love listening to Brian, so it's kind of one of those things where if you're if you're trying hard and you're good at what you do and he's really good. To me, I you know I, I just love going, and that's that really stands out to me in Minneapolis too. Yep, yep, yeah, he is so good. And then he, I mean, and then the atmosphere, you know, it's kind of almost like you said, like a, a backyard or somebody's patio right. when you're when you're going to those kind of concerts. Yeah, yeah, he, he is outstanding. Boy, I'm glad you mentioned him. In fact, kind of cool. I uh, my friend Julius, who was one of Prince's security guys, said that Prince would go to concert, would go to watch bands play at bunkers. Uh, but he wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know Prince was sitting there. He'd just go in there and he'd sit in the back and he'd like listening to local bands. So it was kind of a big deal for him too, apparently. Oh, that's, that's great. That's see, to me, that's, that's when, you know, and you could tell by the way Prince played, you know, I, I went and saw him when he did the tour where he was in the round. So he was on a round stage oh, and yeah. he'd walk around. So we saw Prince, um, on that tour. And when he started playing his guitar, you, you know, all of his songs we grew up with, right. You know, you're, you know, trying to find someone that would dance with you on a dance floor, you know, to, to, you know, yeah. a little red Corvette or pick one. Right. And yeah. um, now I'm watching this guy play guitar and you're just like, wow, that's just, it was amazing. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. You have no idea. I think it was a tribute to George Harrison. We've talked about it before while my guitar yep. gently weeps. I, I knew yep. he could play, but when I watched that, I went, holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hang on. How about Ron? you, David? Got- How about your concert? How about you? What what big show did you see, or what show did you see that stands out to you? Because you're you know we, you're one of those people. Our, you've been doing a lot of stuff. Well, I've got I've got a lot, and I won't waste time talking about me because I know people want to hear you. But I will say <laughs> th- this involves a mutual friend of ours, uh, uh, Deacon Twangy, Coach Twangy. Oh, nice. And and of course, he and I grew up together, so we were young uh, punks and uh, causing trouble, and we we drove about an hour and a half to see. At the at the uh, fair, the the big uh, Red River Valley Fair, we went to see ZZ Top, and I don't remember who was going to open up for him, but it was I, it had to be ninety to hundred degrees that day. It had, <laughs> there, had, there was a thunderstorm that broke out, so we the outdoor concert was canceled, but they moved it inside, so it could go on inside this place called the Showlander Pavilion. And we okay. got inside there, and it was so hot. I mean, you know, it's where the water's dripping from the roof from <laughs> from the humidity because the Perfect. rain has stopped. It's a hundred degrees, <laughs> so we're about three songs in, Ron, and and uh, Dusty Hill collapses. I think it was Dusty, and oh, oh my. all of a sudden, yeah, uh, from the heat exhaustion, and he's down and he's not moving. And they came out on the mic and said, uh, "Concert's canceled. You will not get your money back. Thank you for being here." <laughs> And he was okay. We walk out going, 
come on. We just drove, you know, an hour and a half, two hours to see these guys. We're sweating, but but he couldn't play. He was just yeah. So that right. that was a memorable one for sure. Yeah. I I, I remember that one. Well and you had vividly. good company. If you're with if you're with Polly, you had a good time. I know that. Yep. And we were, you know, we were looking to make friends that, that night too. But anyway, those guys kind of screwed that up. <laughs> Anyway, hang on, Coombs. I'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Hey, if you're hoping to expand your business or do some repairs at home this spring, look no further than Star Bank, our bank right here at Talk North. The turnaround time on a loan with Star Bank is second to none because there's no red tape or any monkey business once you apply for a loan and submit your documentation. Home equity line of credit, home mortgage, business loan. Ag operating or equipment loan, even a loan for a camper or a recreational vehicle. They handle it all. And I would encourage you to get your loan needs met at Star Bank. Star Bank is a family-owned Minnesota-based bank. And on the phone, there's no hold times. They answer it. This is how banking should be. They answer the phone. Just call your local Star Bank branch today. Or you know what? Stop in at your convenience. You're going to like these people a lot. Loans are subject to a loan application and approval. Starbank.net. It's that simple. Oh, member FDIC and equal housing lender. We're talking with the Coom Dog, Ron Coomer here with us. talking a lot of music today. Uh, but, Ronnie, a couple of things. As we talk, there's been a huge snowstorm moved through uh, much of the country, particularly back in Minnesota as well. Right. It, it, am, am I right? Do I remember uh, stories of you? As a kid, riding in a snowplow in Chicago during snowstorms with your uncle? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what we, you know, I was a little kid, and, you know, they had uh, one of the only, you know, the, one of them first uh, Broncos or Blaze or whatever it was back then, and I uh, had a snowplow on the front in Chicago on the south side of the city, and they were smart. They uh, got the 10-year-old to be the shoveler on the sidewalk, and they stayed in the truck and plowed. And, yeah, so, you know, it. 10, 11 years old, that's how I made a few extra bucks. And, uh, you know, they were the ones, my uncles actually were the ones to introduce me to music, you know. You know, they were 8 to 12, 13 years older than me. So they were into that 70s and 60s, late 60s music and kind of got me started. But that was that was my that was my first uh, job, so to speak. And I, I knew right away that I, I, I want to do something different. Maybe hit a baseball is much more fun than shoveling snow. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? Well, works. you're not there either, right? I heard in Minneapolis, I've seen pitchers. Uh, Paula got out of there just in time. She's here with me in Arizona. But I heard the Twin Cities got clobbered with snow. Yeah, well, the most I saw was 20 inches down on the south oh. end. But, yeah, it, 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 you know, nothing we haven't dealt with before. It's just a little different. I remember as a kid, my mom was a school teacher, and, and I remember in my, our little hometown, we had snow covering every single door during one blizzard, covered the top of the building, but there yeah. was one there was one door on the east side of the school that you could get through, and we had school. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, upper Midwest, man, you're not going to miss school, right, for snow? No, no, no it was a little different, little different time back then. Hey, as long as we're talking about first concerts, uh, Coom, before I let you go, your first major league at bat, how well do you remember that? I remember it very well. I was scared to death, nervous <laughs> as heck, and I had gotten, I had gotten traded to the Twins um, from um, the Dodgers in the minor leagues to the big leagues, and we were playing in Cleveland at Jacobs Field, the new ballpark that they had just built. Um, and 
you know, halfway through the game, Ron Gardenhire came up to me, who was our third base coach at the time for Tom Kelly. He kind of came up to me and he goes, hey, you know, make sure you're ready because you're going to hit here soon at some point. He's going to get you in the game. And I go, okay. So I you know, grab my bat. And I, you know, my heart was going 900 miles a minute in the dugout, so I didn't need much warming up. <laughs> and uh, I just got the look down the bench. No words, nothing verbal at all from TK. He pointed and pointed at me and then pointed at the field like you're hitting at the batters, and boom, I shot out to the on-deck circle. Had my first at-bat in the big leagues. Um, I'll never forget. I step in the batter's box, and Sandy Alomar is catching. And my back foot goes in, and my knee starts shaking. I'm like, holy cow, timeout. I can't hit like this. And uh, But I, I got through the at-bat. I, I just missed it in a home run, hooked on foul. I ended up grounding out to second base or something, but – I'll never forget my first A.B., that's for sure, in a Twins uniform. Yep. Do I remember this right, Ronnie? Your first home run was off Randy Johnson? Yeah, that same week. Yeah, we came home off that road trip, and Seattle was in town. I think it was game two of the series. Um, and my second at-bat off Johnson, I walked the first time. You know, I kind of intimidated him that first at-bat. He walked me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I got like five games under my belt in the big leagues, probably played in two of them. And uh, TK put me in there in my second at bat. Um, he made a mistake and threw one in the middle of the plate and I hit a three run homer and knocked him out of the game. So that was my first big league home run um, against Randy, Randy Johnson in the Metrodome, you know, my first week in the league. Yeah. Did you even look at him when you rounded the bases? Hell no. You know better than that. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> I, you know, and everybody asks, did you get the ball signed or anything? I'm like, uh, no, not until I'm retired from playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is a game. Remember when he threw that ball and destroyed that bird that flew in front oh, of the plate? Yeah, that could be you if you're hitting. <laughs> the ball goes into your back and it just sticks there. Yeah, no, you don't ask for stuff like that. I, I have to believe, too, Coombs, that uh, one of the big thrills for you was that first home run you hit as a Chicago Cub. It was. You know, I, I had a couple moments with, you know, at Wrigley Field. As a twin, I, I hit a home run, a three-run homer to straightaway center field out of the stadium um, on onto uh, Waveland Avenue um, as a twin. And I remember touching home plate and going, you know, every dream I ever had as a little kid you know, thinking of baseball was hitting a ball out of the ballpark at Wrigley, right? You, you grow up and you're watching all the great Cubs do that. And I thought, you know, it, it, baseball wasn't complete for me then, but the dream of what you wanted to do it just got accomplished. I, it was really cool. And then to do it, you know, as a twin and then a couple of years later, first home run I hit as a Cub, you know, landed in the bleachers. And, you know, as soon as I hit it, I knew it was a home run, you know, and you're like, yeah, this is pretty cool. It's uh, one of them experiences, you know, that you just you dream about, you talk about playing wiffle ball in the backyard, you know, as you're with your buddies. And, you know, I got to experience some of those. Oh, yeah. Next time we get together, I got to share a story about uh, Wrigley Field and the bleachers and Ken Griffey Jr. I got to And I want to get oh, your wow, thoughts. Great. I'll, I'll save that for another time. But but love it. Uh, well, hey, Coombs, I know you got things to do. you got to get at the ballpark, uh, but and I know I've taken a lot of your time, but it's always good to talk to you. Great stories. We could go on for it easily another hour or so, and, and I'll look forward to seeing you when you get back in the Twin Cities 
this summer. But uh, thanks a million for coming on the show. It's great having you. Absolutely. Love talking to you, David, all, the, all these years of being on your show on CCO. Um, and thanks for being a great friend. When I, when I got done playing, you and Mike Max and Dark Star and our close personal friend, Sid, all, <laughs> all you guys really helped me get into this business and great advice and, and just being a great friend. So thank you. And talking concerts, we could do this all day. So it, it was great to be on with you, buddy. Hey, thanks, Coom Dog. I appreciate that, Ron. And say hi to Paula, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Same with Joe's. Yep. You take care, David. Coomer, and he is uh, getting ready for spring training as a broadcaster again this year for the Chicago Cubs, but we knew him well as a baseball player in the Twin Cities and the Yankees and, the, and his hometown Cubs and Dodgers. There's much more we could talk about. That could be another two, three, four, five shows with him. So many great stories. And I thank you for tuning in to my first concert. Dave Lee here. And I thanks to all of the folks that make it possible. Uh, just great having everybody along. Propane.com, starbank.net, UCARE, uh, Aquarius Home Services, all great uh, sponsors of this show. Just a fun show. And uh, we'd love to have you on sometime if you're a concert fan or, or know of a, uh, a guest that you think would be awesome. That This is just about those of us who like to go to concerts. And inevitably, we all seem to remember that first one. And then, of course, that just spurs on more thoughts uh, for these other shows. Brandon, appreciate your time here today. Great working with you. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again, folks, on the next edition of the show, which you can download at Spotify, at Apple, at talknorth.com. Check out our website there. <clears throat> and join us again. We'll talk to you next week on My First Concert. Dave Lee here. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.